What's going on, everybody? Cheers. Happy Wednesday or whatever day of the week it is when you're listening to this or watching this. Welcome to the With Her Two Hands podcast, where each week we celebrate women who build, fix, and make things with their own two hands. I am your host, Bogie, and this week... We're in a little different setting, you might notice. Uh, I am actually here pre-recording this interview for tonight uh, at Apex, live from Apex. Um, they have been a sponsor and supporter of this podcast for some time now. Thrilled to have them as a supporter, but even more thrilled to be here. If you're not at Apex, you are missing out. They do a ton to help keep this industry doing what it does, educating this industry, classes, workshops, all of the latest and greatest in the automotive aftermarket is here. If you're not here, you should be. Definitely get your butts here next year if you're in the automotive industry. And of course, this episode is also brought to you by ASE. They are a big driving force behind the automotive industry, setting the standards and helping certify our technicians and just bring the industry to the level of professionalism that it needs to be, that it deserves to be bringing respect uh, and credibility to the industry. Now, today... I have an amazing guest, somebody who I've known for many, many years. Uh, I'm really thrilled to be able to sit down with her at Apex. Part of what I love about Apex is that I get to see my like car family, people who I don't see for years. Uh, so the young lady that I'm going to be meeting with today, uh, Miss Kathleen Callahan, little bit of a departure from our trades lady theme. She is not a hands-on tradeswoman. However, she is just as involved in this industry, if not more so than most people are in the automotive aftermarket. She is a shop owner um, and she's a, a great friend and I'm really excited to introduce you guys to her. So without further ado, Miss Kathleen Callahan. Yay. Hello. How are you? I am fabulous, Bogey. Thank you so much for this opportunity to I'm, sit down and get to chat with you. I am so excited. We haven't seen each other in like, what, since pre-COVID? Pre-COVID. I think it was in Charlotte for Women in Auto Care. That was right before the world shut down. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of folks who are watching may not know what Women in Auto Care is. So I want to like dive like right in if you're okay with Let's that. Let's do like, it. Talk about Women in Auto Care. That's how you and I met. You have in the last several years like gotten really involved in Women in Auto Care. What is it and why are you a part of it? So Women in Auto Care is a community of the Auto Care Association. It's free to join. Um, it is any woman that touches the automotive industry, aftermarket, of course, um, at all. Service advisor, technician, shop owner, CEO of international sales for whatever parts yeah. distributor you're a part of, um, and everything in between. And it's a place where, especially at conference, we come together and the playing field becomes incredibly level. We lift each other up. We support each other between conferences and really create a community of women supporting and lifting each other up. Yeah. And so that's why I feel so passionate about being part of it and really honestly to represent the shop owners. So we have a lot of corporate people, dis distribution, manufacturing, and they are amazing folks. Um, but I, I always want to make sure that the shop level voice is always being heard. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I love that. I've been part of Women in Auto Care now for several years as well. Um, we met, what, a decade ago? Yes. I think. Almost, Life was I think, very yeah. different for both of us back then. Oh, my um, gosh. There was like 75 people there and like six shop owners. Yeah, and, yeah, I know. It was crazy. And and just each of our individual lives, like we've done so much in our careers 
since we've met. And I, I honestly think that women in auto care is a large part of that. I know it was for me just connecting with people. I think, you know, one of the things that I talk about often on this series is how important community is and how important that connection with other people is. And people ask me all the time, like, why do I do Girl Gang Garage where it's just women? Aren't I being sexist against men? I'm like, no, no, no. It's not about excluding men. It's about including women. Agreed. And it's creating that space where we can have allies and support and, like, not have it be questioned, right? Like, we just... Right. It's just different when you're in a group of women in this industry, particularly where we're such a minority. It's different being a woman in this industry, mm-hmm. right? Like, <laughs> it's it's getting a little less um, challenging, Yeah, I would think, a little more accepting because our, our numbers are growing, right? Yeah. Um, and... I remember a day shortly before I met you that I would go to a conference, you know, be, you know, any training thing or something. And I always felt like I was the only woman that was not a spouse. Right. In the room. Yeah. And it was awkward and uncomfortable and I didn't feel like I belonged. And boy, that imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. uh, Maybe I don't belong here. Maybe I shouldn't be this. And And you get used to getting the question of like, oh, whose wife are you? Yes. Who are you here with? Oh, did your dad, (laughs) did your dad bring you in the business? Yes. No, actually he did not. (laughs) Okay. So, so we're going to, I'm going to ask that question. So how long have you been in the automotive industry? In December of this year, I will have owned my shop for 20 years. Oh my gosh. Okay. I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, I didn't 20 either. years. 20 that's years. Huge. We're okay. having a party. Um, so that's phenomenal. Um, congratulations. That's Thank a you. huge Thank milestone. You. How did you become a shop owner? What made you go down this path and what got you into the industry? So it's that, you know, traditional story. My former husband was an ASE certified master technician. Uh, We were in the Fort Lauderdale area where it was becoming incredibly congested. We had a two-year-old child that we didn't want to raise there. So we picked up our world and after a little bit of little bit of work and research and a wrong left turn, uh, we found the little <laughs> the little tiny town of Englewood in Florida. Like literally a wrong left turn? Literally a, a wrong so you left like turn. just like wound up in the wrong city? I did. And settled and, there? And we found a shop there that was for sale. This great uh, husband and wife, he had aged out. Um, you oh know, my goodness, So we I bought the it. shop. We had another kid. Fast forward six years and we ended up divorcing. Um, we are still friends today. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, the spoiler alert, he is my lead technician and I call him the car whisperer because he is so good at what he does. I am That's, good at the business. He is really good at cars. We need, we need to dig into this a we little do, bit. We do, we do. Because this That's is fascinating. Okay, so, so much in this. First of all, trust the timing of your life because even a wrong left turn apparently could like lead you to your future. And Isn't the it most crazy? Amazing, amazing circumstance. I love that. So, you know, often I talk with husband and wife, um, shop owners, and, and like how to balance being a business owner and being partners and all of the rest of it. You take that to a whole nother level because you are ex-husband and wife. Yes. You own the business. And he is and an he employee. And he works for you as an employee. How, how on earth did you make... Well, so you- how you did this happen? Through this, right? So, Talk okay. So we split up in 2009. <laughs> we decided that I was going to buy him out because he could work anywhere. Our kids were okay. still really little. Okay. Um, you know, uh, I believe they were eight and four. 
So the elementary school is across the street from my shop. Okay. So how was I going to be able to get them to doctor's appointments and do all the stuff that parents have to do flexibly if I go to work for somebody else and he keeps the shop? So we negotiated a price um, and I, I bought him out. I didn't win it. I didn't steal it from him that we both thought was awful. I thought it was too high. He thought it was too low. And I believe that's what made it the right number. And, okay, uh, fair. And so, and he left, right? So he left. He went to work for the local Chevy dealer for eight years. Okay. Um, ended up their shop manager, shop foreman kind of thing. Um, got really frustrated with the corporate and the dealership side of things. And um, we negotiated a contract for him to come back to work. Amazing. He's been, he's been married for 10 years. Um, Amazing. And it, you know what? So it's like, oh, I won, I won the shop and the divorce. But really, did I win? Because I still have all the stress, all the bills, all the chaos. <laughs> and he gets a paycheck. He gets to work. He does have a lot of stress, right? Because he's a tech. Uh, yeah. But And then he goes home at night and is like, yeah, I don't have to worry about that. Uh, well, so. that touches on a whole other topic of like this myth of the business owner and like yeah. how easy it would be to just make your own hours when you work for yourself. Absolutely. Uh, no, that's not the way that works. Right? Well, <laughs> if you build the right team, yes, right? Absolutely. But if it you build the right team and overnight. you wait for them to fire you, that's the key right there. You can't build the right team and then step out. You got to wait for them to yes, throw you out. But it does not happen overnight. No. After 15 years, I was yeah. an overnight success. Yeah. Right. Which, so. Side note. Side note. I love that. After 15 years, I was an overnight Overnight success. success. Um, So (laughs) side note, uh, tomorrow at SEMA, um, so we're we're hanging out at Apex now, but we're going over to SEMA tomorrow, and Kathleen is going to be joining a panel discussion in the She Shed um, talking about exactly that, like owning a shop, starting a shop, what like that really looks like, like the nitty gritty of it. So if you're at SEMA and Apex, make sure you come over to the booth, um, the She Shed booth at uh, 4 p.m. Yes. I think we're doing that. We've got I a handful that's what of, you told me, yeah, a handful of female shop owners who are going to be sitting down and talking about that. Um, so I'm really excited about that. But um, so we won't dive in too much on like that, <laughs> but I do want to. But I'm, I'm so impressed that you navigated that. And I think it's just so cool because it flies in the face of all of the myths and like the stereotypes and the like that divorces have to be ugly and angry and horrible and that you never talk to each other again. And I'm sure it yeah. wasn't always smooth and easy. It wasn't. It wasn't. You have to have the right people around you yeah. that will, you know, hit you in the head with a two by four when you're stepping out of line. Um, yeah. And really we our focus. What, what was the secret? Focus on the kids. Mm. Stop worrying about all the stuff that happened between the two of you. Focus on the kids, focus on the kids. And, our friends, um, honestly, they watched the kids and watched their grades. And as long as they were doing, they were successful, they knew that we were doing things right. And today, I have two amazing young ladies that are, they make me so proud. And, and they are achieving things I never even would dream of at 18 and 21. That's so awesome. I think, I think we did okay, right? Yeah. Like, heck it, yeah. It makes me feel all right. And yeah. And they actually, they encouraged me way more than I ever thought, especially my oldest. She's like, no, mom, you got to get out there and do this. You got no, mom, you got to show up for this. And so it's really kind of cool to have them be such a great support group. Are either of them involved in the business? So I'm working on that. You're working on that. You want them to be. Okay. My youngest is 18 and she just uh, abandoned me and moved to (laughs) Tuscaloosa to attend. This little university you might have heard of called uh, University of Alabama, Roll Tide. And uh, I have to be a fan. I don't know anything about college football yet, but 
when they get that much of your money every year, you're a fan. <laughs> and, uh, and my oldest daughter lives in Tampa, and I've hired her as a part-time assistant for not only myself, but to really help me out with some of the sh- stuff at the shop. That's awesome. Organizational and things. That, that's just not my, that's yeah. not my strong set, right? Okay. I'm, I'm people. I'm not really good at the organizing thing. Yeah. So well, and I think that's the number one skill that you have to have as a business owner is like knowing what you are not good at. Exactly. And so I'm, <laughs> I'm slowly ripping her in 5, 10, 20 that's hours awesome. at a time. So That's awesome. Um, do I think there'll be shop owners? I don't okay. know. We'll see. But um, to get involved in the industry, yeah. um, I think would be really cool that's awesome. for them to be a part of. Because it's giant, right? It's not yeah. just shops. So. No, 100%. Okay, so I want to go back in time for a hot second, though. So did you, like, prior to starting this shop with your now ex-husband and lead technician, I love this. I love your story. <laughs> it's amazing to me. Um, did you have an interest in cars? Was this, like, his passion, and then after the fact, you've fallen in love with it? Because you are, you eat, breathe, live, sleep automotive aftermarket. Right. You are so involved in no. in the community, yep. in the industry. Like, where... Where along the line did you fall in love and how did that, how did that happen? So when we got, when we divorced in 09, um, about three days later, I had that, that buyer's remorse <laughs> and I went, oh my God, I'm allowed to say bad words. I'm, oh, I'm yeah, allowed Kurt, to swear. Yeah, what totally. the fuck did I just do? <laughs> I don't know how to spell carburetor. I don't even know what a starter does. Like, <laughs> how am I? Oh my God, what am I going to do? And, um, and that's when, you know, um, my parts folks came in and they're like, let us help you. The industry, local industry kind of really took me under their wing. And then um, my first coach said, you have to do a women's car care clinic. And I was like, I was just paying the bills, trying to get out of debt, raising my kids, right? And I was like, okay, I'll do this. And I Googled and I found Amy. And Amy was like, of course, I waited till November to do it. I had to do it by the end of the year. Um, nothing like a good procrastinator. Oh, yeah. Nothing and, like a deadline uh, to make yeah. stuff happen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she invited me to that uh, that that Women in Auto Care conference okay. in Orlando that I had the pleasure to sit next to you. And I was a wallflower and didn't talk. Like, I feel like I was just a, I was this tiny little bud of a flower. And I didn't know what I was doing. And I had no passion. I never set goals before this. I never, just never found my my thing. I just did this and did that. But then that was the game changer for me. I was like, wait a minute. I can do this. Look at all of these women around me. I can do this. I'm not alone. And I'm going to push to learn the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And and then find out, look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a campaigner, right? I'm the one that gets everybody excited and I'm the hype girl. Yeah. I'm not a closer, right? So (laughs) I have found that getting involved in things that people can hear my voice and, um, perhaps be inspired to take a look at our industry, um, and see where they fit. Cause there is a fit for just about anybody out there. Um, and you don't have to get a four, four year degree to do it. No. Um, cause I don't have one college credit under my belt. And so, and, and I do pretty okay. Yeah. So, um, it, I am proud to say that I'm part of automotive. Now it's like the mafia. I can't, ima- I can't imagine you're never letting me out. You know, you're not. The mafia. So I, I said that this morning, what you're in, you can never get back out. That's it. That's it. But it's good. I love it. I cannot imagine spending my life or my career doing anything different. Do you remember? Like, was there a moment when you fell in love? Like, you got invigorated by going to Women in Auto Care and by 
you know, realizing that you could do this, but can do it and want to do it are still different things. Like you now, I know you as somebody so passionate about this industry. Was was there a moment where you feel like you remember being like, that I love this and this is what I want to do forever? So full transparency. Yeah. The moment that I was coached enough to manage my shop, sell the right part to the right customer at the right time, right? Do the right thing for my people, my staff, and still get a paycheck. So when I made money, I was like, wait a minute. This is both fun and profitable. And I was like, I... And I come to things, I, I meet people, even local events, right? It's enjoyable. We have a good time. We spread. That's me. I'm the sunshine in the room, right? If I can bring sunshine, and that's what this industry feels like to me. Yeah. So really, once I realized I could make a good living and then come out and like inspire other people, I'm like, I'm home. And if I can cut the learning curve down for another, especially female shop owner from the I'm a two by four learner. So if I can cut it down from six years to three or a two, two or by even, four learner. Yeah, you got to hit that. me in the side of the head oh, with, with a two, two by, by four, four to listen. Act like, okay, that's not like some learning methodology. No, that's no, literally no. a two by four. Yeah, you, you hit it. me in the head with a two <laughs> by four. That's how I learn. And uh, yeah, so if I can help someone and coach someone um, that's just entering or, or really struggling, yeah, why wouldn't I do that? And that is where the love affair started. That's awesome. So it's it's the inspiring and the empowering and the and the educating others that yes. really ignites you. And not just out here, right? Don't don't um that's an awesome part of it, but it started in my own backyard with my staff. Mm. How am I here? I'm here for a week, right? I yeah. was home 3 days in September, right? Running around doing other things because my staff is educated, yeah. empowered and they understand what they're doing and they're passionate. So about what they do. Let's dig into that a little bit because I think that's the goal, right? That's the dream, the vision, the the myth of the business owner is that you you have a business that runs itself without you and you can go flitting around the world doing other things, oh. right? You're living the life, right? But like you said, 15 years later, you're an overnight success. Yeah. It does it clearly does not happen overnight. It takes a lot of work. How how a how long was it before you really got to that place where you did have that freedom that everybody thinks being a business owner is about? So I'm not, I'm still not there. Okay, you know, I can leave for this is the longest period of time I think I've about really spent out of my shop. Okay, um, so I was out and in. I would come back for a day or two. Okay, I still have a real tight hold on my checkbook. Okay, so I'm not ready to give that up yet. Okay. Um, so I do marketing and uh, and and a, I'm I'm a bookkeeper and a marketer now. That's it. Okay. Um, but man, I don't know. So I started in '09, and then I really started traveling about a year ago. I guess maybe okay. a year and a half. So, so it's not really, overnight. No, it's <laughs> definitely yeah. It, it's taken a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to get here. And aside from blood, sweat, and tears, what would you say are like the biggest? things that you needed to do. I mean, it sounds like having a coach was a hugely giant important piece. And I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Coach, uh, mentor, something, whatever it is. There are so many coaching companies out there. Um, you know, I, I generally everybody knows which one my favorite is because I'm a part of it, the, the team as a coach there. So, <laughs> um, but regardless, interview your coach. Anybody that's your prospect, whoever's going to be your coach, interview them. Because if the personality fit isn't mm. there, you're never going to do 
anything they tell you to do. Right. Especially if you're a spiteful, feisty redhead like somebody in the room. You? A feisty redhead? What? I know. So, (laughs) you know, don't tell me what to do, you know. But, but no, I think that was the first pivotal change. And then understanding, right? We're in rooms and they're like, well, you got to manage your KPIs and this thing and your your ELR and your, you you know, your ARO and your what... (laughs) I don't know what the, all those acronyms mean, and I'm embarrassed right. to ask you because then I feel less than. Yes. And I don't know if that's just a woman shop owner thing or it's just a shop owner thing or what it is, but until I learned and and was free enough to ask for help, yeah, um, that was, and not seeing that as a sign of weakness or ignorance, um, that was a game changer. And so once I started to be, it's a game, right? Who doesn't want to win? I love to win. And winning is when you, like you had set a goal and your people make it, right? And then yeah. I reward everybody. I, it's not about me. It's about we. So um, I've just made a game out of it. I love it. I love it. And what are the things that you feel like are pivotal to have within your business that allow you to be gone periodically, to trust that your team is doing the right thing while you're gone? So Definitely, you have to have systems in place. You know, mm-hmm. system operation. We say SOPs will set you free, right? And yes. they will, right? So if you get a a, a latte in um, in Seattle, and at that same place you get a latte in Boston, it's going to come out exactly, exactly the, same, the same, right? Because they have a very tight system yeah. and a procedure for making every single thing that comes out of there. Yep. And I'm, I will say, okay, so for the, anybody who's watching this, fine folks at home, um, I, I was the person when I started my business who hated SOPs for, at first. I know. At first. I came around. because, But I was that person who was like, I, I don't want to be put in a box. I want to be, I'm a, the footloose, fancy free, hippie Absolutely. kid. I want to just like, I, I don't want to do things the way it's always been done. I want to do it differently. And I threw everything out the window and I threw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. 100%. And I, I thought that SOPs were going to trap me, that they were going to keep me stuck. And what I realized yeah. is that it is the 100% polar opposite that that discipline and organization of standard operating procedures is what gives you the freedom. It's what gave me the freedom to be able to sit on the couch with my customers and and have a coffee with them and hang out for 15 minutes. And yes. like not have to worry about are the parts getting ordered. It, yeah. It's what allowed me to do great customer service. And But I was so resistant to them. Oh, oh and, my goodness. And they can they be edited, set you free. right? They're not yeah. rigid. They're fluid things, right? Yeah. So here, when my service advisor goes on vacation, guess who gets to fill in for her? I do. And yeah. guess who screws all of the SOPs up? <laughs> this girl right here. Because they have evolved. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know the process. And if they don't teach me, I totally screw it up. And that's how you get fired, by the way. Like, <clears throat> wait till the system's... Evolve without you. Yes. And then try to step back in. And when it explodes into a dumpster fire, that's when you realize that you have really taught and empowered your staff Mm -hmm. to take control and make the right decisions. Yeah. And you've educated them well. And I mean, you've got to keep educating. So how do you do that? What is your, how do you keep your staff educated? How do you keep everybody on the same page and keep that like culture going? Well, we harass each other all the time. We well, let's start each there. Other. Like the sarcasm and the harassment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <clears throat> 
No, I, I will say that's probably one of the biggest challenges right now. Since COVID, I've noticed that, you know, there's not a lot of in-person training. The attitude of the technician, at least in my general vicinity, is that, you know, during COVID for that year, we could do stuff online. Why do I have to go back to in-person training? Right. And so, you know, depending on your market too, right? If I was in a larger market, we would be having a very different conversation. Sure. The, the training classes are always after hours in our market. They are at least 45 minutes away, one, one way. So they're taking time away from their family life and all of that. And so that's a big ask. So I seek out online resources, videos, books, if I can find them, you know, and, um, that's part of why I'm fighting so hard for right to repair, right? Because if we can keep that communication open and the ability to see that diagnostic information and stuff, that organically is going to be a learning process, yeah. right? Where you can read and see and AI is amazing, right? So And I mean, terrifying. And terrifying. I both love it and hate it all at I the know. same time. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> I just saw a class where they were using AI to assist in diagnostics. Oof. So, gosh, I feel like oh, this we could go down a rabbit hole here because I, I I feel like we're we're heading towards a place in our industry where we're going to have the diagnosers and the installers. Yep. And that and that those are like different categories and job paths and I'm I don't know how I feel about it, but I also understand that the need for that arose out of the fact that we don't have enough technicians Agreed. who are well-trained in diagnostics. Right. Well, and the diagnosers, think or about at that. All. We're competing with the same people that, you know, uh, big tech wants. Right. And we're asking them to get dirty and sweat and lift heavy things and uh, cut themselves on, you know, a semi-regular basis, right? right, depending on how careful you are. And not mm -hmm. to mention that the culture in most shops are not what your culture is or the right. culture in my shop was. It, there, there's... There's a lot of barriers to entry in our industry. And then Agreed. on top of that, there's a lot of like less than ideal behavior right. that or happens. You can go <laughs> in and work for a tech company in your pajamas, basically, or street clothes and right. goof off while you're getting worked yeah. on in an air-conditioned office, often from home now, right? Because yeah. they're all, you know, jobs, they're remote <laughs> jobs. So, yeah. But we that's the same person that we're looking for in the diagnostic side, right? Because we're driving... Computers on wheels. Oh, my God. Right? We are driving computers on wheels. We have a technician deficit, and we definitely have a skilled diagnostic technician deficit, and it's yep. becoming very challenging. And I think these these tools are developing, these AI tools for diagnostics and such, they're, they're not developing to put techs out of business. They're developing because we don't have techs, and we need a solution. They're not trained, and we need something that shows we them how to do it. And yep. it's, it's a little terrifying to me, and it's scary. I think, God, we could go down a super rabbit hole on this, yeah. but I don't, I don't want to, that's a whole other episode. I will say that the class that I saw, <laughs> um, the class that I saw taught was talking about like using technical documentation that is just gigantic. Yeah. That would take you probably a day and a half to read through, putting that in and using that to come up with a testing tree. So not doing it for you. Interesting. Just helping you right. figure out how to test properly okay. and not skip the basics, right? Sometimes, you know, uh, I had a shop owner here tell me they had an Audi in their shop that has three batteries in it now. Yeah. Right. And you think that Audi salesman told the consumer that they had three batteries oh, no, in the car? Not. Oh, no, they did not. Because the, the salesperson at Audi didn't even know that it had three batteries. No, probably sure. not. <laughs> and so one of the batteries had was going bad. So what does low voltage do to a car that's electronically dependent? Destroys it. Makes right. it do all sorts of wonky, crazy stuff. But guess what? It's not the starting battery. So right. the car starts and runs fine. 
it's all the electronics, you know, and it gets the the ghosts and the yeah. gremlins in it where, you know, the sunroof won't open or the door locks flick up and down or gosh knows what else happens. Now your lane, your lane departure doesn't work properly. And so right. it took a skilled tech that understood that there's three separate batteries controlling three separate systems to diagnose and right. figure out that it was simply low voltage from a battery. It wasn't a module that went bad and it wasn't this... It was, they had to start with the basics, right? Right. And a lot of times, because things are so advanced now, we forget that. Right. So I think a lot of the tool AI is really yeah. reminding people, even the best technicians, start. Oh, guilty. Start at the basics. Yeah, I've spent hours diagnosing something and forgotten to check the fuses and then felt like an a-hole <laughs> when I go back and check it. No and way. I can't believe it. It happens to the no. best of us. We it all does. have our bad it days. Does. You get so focused and sometimes we're so used to like the problem being huge. Yep, that we forget to look at the simple things that that are, that exactly. are right in front of us. God, we could talk about stuff for hours. Where are we at on time? We're okay. We're we're good. We still have some Yay, time. Yay! We're good. <laughs> Actually, not much, <laughs> but a little bit. Um, we could do this all day. I know we could. We could so. do this all day. Um, so then, there's a whole nother layer there that you are touching on now because now it's the complexity too of not just diagnosing it, but when you're a shop owner, you have the additional complexity of how do you convey that to a customer. And, and, right, typical, what you said, there's three batteries, and, but the car's starting. So now you've got to convey to a customer who thinks, well, batteries are for starting. My car's starting. Why do I need a battery? Right. So how have you developed, and, and what are your, like, approaches, I guess? I don't know what the right word is to ask here, but, like, how are you handling, how you explain these incredibly complicated technical issues to people who don't understand cars? So it was always hard. It's getting harder. It is. And so I will tell you, I have an amazing service advisor that is able to take something that is so technical from, you know, my technician. She's like, okay, explain it to me so that I understand it. Okay, I got it. And then she will go from that conversation into the waiting room and tell our client, she's like, oh, you know, your CV boot is ripped. You know, kind of, you know what a Kong toy looks like? And they're like, who doesn't know what a Kong toy looks like, right? Okay. Even if you don't have a dog, she's like, well, they kind of look like that. And when it rips and she starts to explain that what happens, and I was like, you are a stinking genius. Analogy. She makes it <laughs> what people can relate to, right? Okay. And so that's a skilled service advisor. Yeah. That's a whole nother level of training. Did you, you train her or did you find her? Was she, she came ha Did she have that magic ability? She had okay. a lot of that magic ability. Okay. I have recently hired a company to have weekly training calls for phone skills mm. with, with my mm -hmm. whole front of house staff. And so within important. two weeks, game changer. I even answer the phone different and I haven't even been on a call. Right? It's, you know, properly greeting your customer. Oh, 100%. Right? Changing. Yep. I, I changing the standard, well. standard operating procedure. Yeah, right? Absolutely. So. I love it. Interesting. What are your goals and your and your dreams for your shop? Do you have, like, what's what's next for the shop? Or I guess maybe you can go a different direction if you want. What's next for you? So I just added on two bays Ooh, to my shop. Exciting. It was a four-bay shop. We okay. added... Took three years and COVID kind of screwed things up a little, but uh, I added this giant brick building um, with two tall bays. So our hope was to be able to work on trucks that are a little bit taller, vans, okay. things like that. Because my bays are only 14 feet 
high. Okay. So these ones are 19. So that's good. We open that up. Um, I'm looking for one more technician to bring in. I have somebody in mind that I'm hoping will come join the team. And if not, I'll go back, you know, back and keep looking. Awesome. Um, but so for the shop, continued growth, I'd like to be an absentee owner um, at the end of 2020. Okay. Um, so goal. I'm going to look for, you know, training up somebody to be a general manager okay. or bringing somebody in. I don't know what that looks like yet exactly. Okay. Um, you know, of course, being on the, uh, the, oh my gosh, being the vice chair of women in auto care is yeah. the next six years of my life. Right? On that. Thank That's you. Huge. Um, and so I hope to focus on that. I, I would love to do more, um, events where I can speak and, and inspire people maybe with my story of not knowing anything about cars yeah. to being able to be so versed and yeah. confident and comfortable in this industry yeah. and doing what I do. So um, would I love to, to speak and teach classes? Oh my goodness, for yes, for real. <laughs> um, but so for me, I'm not quite sure where that's going to okay. go, but we'll see. Until then, I'm going to continue to Try to bring more shop folks into, you know, auto care and women in auto care. Yeah. And talk about that a little bit. You've created a group for shop owners within women in auto care. Yes. Um, I I know I've I've got a lot of female shop owners or aspiring female shop owners who watch this podcast. So um, talk to me about that group and what that means and what that looks like. So this year, um, the last year, we started connection circles. So they okay. are monthly calls on Zoom that we have. Each one has a different topic. If you go to the Women in Auto Care website, Google it, you'll find it. Um, they're, they're all listed. So the third Thursday of every month, okay. we have a female shop owner call. It's Amazing. one hour. We pick a topic and we we somewhat stick to it. You know, we, at least that's where it starts, <laughs> right? We talk about we talked about right to repair last month, you know, okay. and then we started talking about, you know, um, I call it the happies and crappies, like what's good in your shop what's working really well and what are you struggling with, right? Yeah. You have to be a female shop owner to be in this particular call. I love it. We are starting ones we are hoping to launch in January for um, collision technicians. Okay. Um, then there's another one for automotive technicians and I believe there's going to be a separate one for HD. Oh my goodness. So we have a lot of scholarship winners, right? Yeah. How do we support them beyond just handing them a check? Yeah. Well, here we go. Okay, there's so. been a lot happening in women auto care since I've been... I know, been, uh, we're going to sit down I know, and talk. Gonna, we That's are going to sit down. That's really we exciting. Miss you. When I joined women in auto care, I was the only technician. Yes. And it's challenging. It is one of the struggles that I, I see in the industry for, for women is I love women in auto care. I love SBN. I love all of these groups. However, it tends to be very heavily corporate. Yes. Focused because an individual technician who's, you know, not making very much an hour because they're just starting out. Yeah. And most, of, let's be honest, most of the female technicians are newer. We're only recently seeing more and more women technicians coming in. Agreed. And so they're earlier on in their career. So they're not making a ton of money yet. They can't afford to pay for a conference, pay for a hotel room, pay for the airline, um, and miss a week of work. Right. So just just the feasibility, the logistics of getting technicians to these conferences is challenging and shop owners as well. So things have changed a lot. Are you seeing more technicians? How are, how are you guys handling that, bridging that gap? So at conference, shop owners get a discounted entry rate, of course. Um, you know, I, I think that's, that's on my list. 
of, of what segment I hope to grow while I'm on the council. I love right? it. So uh, I think that's important. It's something that has organically grown a little bit, yeah. but I think we have, we have a, we have a big opportunity, right? And again, like you said, think of how many shop owners are really, really small. Man, woman, doesn't matter, right? And no, can't afford no to gender. leave. They can't afford to be someplace like this. No. These are your top and best operators here or at any conference or training that you go to. Yeah. They're your top operators, right? They can afford to be there. They can afford to do these things. The people who need it most are, are the not ones that it. aren't there, right? So. Yeah. That's what I learned during COVID, to be honest, is we started doing all these virtual conferences. And that's what I kept saying. We can't stop this. Yeah. We need to do it once or twice a year or something where we can virtually reach the people that can't get out of their building yeah. so that we can lift them up. I love and that. And support them so that they can get out of their buildings. Because why did you go in business? You did not go in business to go broke. No. Right? Or to have all the stress and have a heart attack or an ulcer or all the things. No, you didn't no. do that. And you can't do it alone. No. And the reality of like going to these conferences and these trainings is like I always talk about like you go to a training and you leave invigorated. Oh. And you go home and you're like, I'm going to do all these amazing things and it's going to be so awesome and everything's yeah. wonderful and you're so excited. And then Monday happens. Yep. And like reality sets in and, and you wind up falling back into old habits. And so the more consistently you speak with a coach or are part of a, a mastermind group or go to a conference or yes. go to online training or go to whatever, instead of being high and then low and then high and then low, you're kind of stabilizing it because you're getting yes. that refresher and that boost of energy consistently. And monthly connection calls. That's, that's huge. a connection circles. It's huge. I think it's, yeah. you know, and, and some of the, the female shop owners that are on that connection circle, I've never seen them at an event. Yeah. A couple of them look they just can't get there yet. How can we support you is always the question. Amazing. How can we support you? Look at uh, technicians wish, the same I way, right? I wish that was like, around when I was a shop I know. owner. That is the beauty, right? <laughs> look, well, every everything goes here. through an evolution, right? Yes. Nobody likes change. Change is always uncomfortable. And, and, and I've watched women in auto care when it was the women's board. Yep. And then now women in auto care, it's been through gigantic changes. Um, it's gotten, the board's gotten big, it's gotten small, it's gotten big, it's gotten small, and yeah. we're figuring it out. Yeah. But the the focus is always, how do we reach more people to help yeah. more people? Look, the scholarships are giant. If you have, a, you have technicians in school, tell them, women in auto care, apply for those scholarships. Yes. We gave away $40,000 in toolkits. Amazing. And it's a pallet. Amazing. It's not like a tiny little toolbox. Apply for them. We want to support and help people. Yes. But if you don't tell us where you are and raise your hand yep. and ask for help, we can't do it. If you are a female technician or shop owner, you know somebody who is an aspiring female technician or starting out in their career, please, please, please go check out Women in Auto Care and check out their scholarships because they do. They give a ton of money and a yep. ton of support. Uh, really phenomenal organization. If you're in the automotive aftermarket, you definitely want to yep. check. And if you have questions, look me up on any social yeah. media. I will be happy to answer or point you in the right direction. And as you go into your vice chair position, yes. uh, know that you have an ally and I'm Thank happy you. to help you with with whatever I can to. It's on to video record. I'm totally holding you to that. You can, you can. I'm saying it for you all to see. It is official. <laughs> That's it. We got to bring we we got to bring the shop, shop tribe back together a little bit. Yeah. And, and uh, reinvigorate. Like we all, like you said, ups and downs. Right. I love it. It's time. Okay. So, if you could wave a magic wand, and you could change one thing about the automotive industry. 
to make it a, a better place, to make it a more supportive place for everybody, men and women. You could wave a magic wand. What would that be? Oh, my gosh. You're going to ask me about my soapbox. Yeah. Okay, so here's my soapbox. All right. Soapbox. Do it. When I go to a conference, and they've worked really hard, not, not here. at SEMA and Apex are, are immune to this. When I go to a, a conference where they give you lanyards that are different colors, and that you know where I'm going, the lanyard clearly says that I'm a shop owner. And look, if I'm a male shop owner and I bring my wife, hers is the same color as mine. If I'm a female shop owner and I bring my husband or whatever... We have our partners. It's the same color. I do not care. That person has influence on the person that owns the checkbook. I don't care if they're man, woman, whatever you identify as, speak to them equally. I walked through a conference last year and I had four other female shop owners come up to me and ask if I had the same experience. Because like, like you, people know me. Right? People know you when you mm-hmm. walk through. So they won't ignore no. bogey, will they? I, oh my goodness, you'd they be will. surprised. You'd be surprised. Absolutely. I 100% have stood in a booth waiting to talk to somebody about the tools that I have wanted to buy. Yep. And been ignored for half an hour. Yeah. You pick up a $15,000 tool and they're like, yeah. Yeah, we'll be back. Yeah, really? but a man walks in and they immediately get eye contact. They immediately get Absolutely. asked. Absolutely, you you want to set me on fire? That's how you do it. <laughs> I, if I could wave a magic wand and change one thing, that would be it. Would be that every that. vendor, seller, exhibitor realizes that women make more than seventy percent of the automotive buying and repairing decisions. I am your ideal client. Mm-hmm. Do not ignore me. A Men to that. And if I'm standing next to a man, do not look him in the eye when you answer my question. Right? And when I get out of a cool car at a car show, do not ask me if it's my boyfriend's or husband's or oh, dad's. That's a throat <laughs> punch. That's a- Ooh, my, my favorite. This was a fun one that happened oh, no. recently. The montage, the Chevy montage. Yes. Stick shift, right? Yes. It was being trailered somewhere. Guy pulls it out of the trailer. I say, all right, I'll take it from here. I'll pull it in the shop. And he looks at me and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, you know, it's a stick shift, right? God, please tell me you're like, bitch, I built this I car. said, yeah, I installed it. And he's like, oh, sorry. I, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was my favorite. Like, I, I don't it. know how. You know it's a you, stick shift, right? <laughs> I don't know how people keep their cool. When I was service advisor at the shop, my favorite thing, and I mean that sarcastically, is hey, how can I improve your day-to-day? That's my greeting, right? And they'd go, yeah, I'd like to speak to somebody who knows something. Ooh. I'm like, I know how to add 50 bucks to your bill. You want to give me another shot? Like, (laughs) every time you say that, I push the AH button. So you let me know. (laughs) I I love it. I'm with you. Okay, so the one thing we would change is to get rid of the misogyny and the stupid comments. 100%. Yeah. The tools don't care. No. You know what? The tool doesn't care. Do you know how much more money they would make if they just got rid of that? Right? That's all I'm saying. I just want to put more money in your pocket. Yeah. I want to buy a tool. I want to take my money out of my pocket and put it in yours. (laughs) But I'm not going to beg you to take my money. So I love it. I love it. (laughs) All right. Um, Is there anything we haven't covered that you're dying to cover? Because I know we're like running close on time here. Right to repair. That's the only thing I'll tell you that's my thing. Anybody who doesn't know what right to repair is, fill them in on what that is. So right to repair (laughs) is basically we want to codify that manufacturers have to share diagnostic repair, um, diagnostic and repair information and data with the independent aftermarket equally 
as they do with the dealership. Now, it doesn't mean free. It doesn't mean any of that stuff, but level that playing field. Right now, they have a memorandum of understanding that they say, oh, yeah, we're going to do that. You've been a technician and an owner long enough to know that that MOU has never, ever. Yeah, access to information is very challenging. And they can decide to leave whenever they want to. They don't Mm -hmm. have to play the game. If they are required by law to share information the same way. Yeah. Um, And that's really what it's about, right? So um, protecting my legacy so that, look, someday, what if my kids don't want to be in the industry or they don't want to be a shop owner? I respect that, right? I want my shop to actually be worth money someday because I've worked hard for that. Mm -hmm. And I want every shop owner to have that. You know, I don't want to have to sell for real estate value yeah, because I can't access information. And then where am I? I have nothing. I have nothing if I don't have data. And data right now is king. All the the transmission through telematics and that is not getting any better. So go check out HR 906 right to repair, take a look at it and make a decision. And if you do, please support, send a letter to your Congress people. Auto care association makes that very easy. And you were recently in what you spoke recently in, uh, a, in a pretty important place. I didn't testified you? in a House subcommittee about a month ago so cool. um, on behalf of that. And so, they, and it's moving forward, which is really Amazing. exciting. I'm I can't really believe they let me doing. do it, but you know, it's, it's awesome. I it's, behaved myself. It was kind of all right. Everything it, that you're yeah. doing, coming from where you started to yep. where you're at now, is absolutely just phenomenal and inspiring. And uh, I encourage any of you who don't know her, Go follow her, check out her shop, see what she's doing, and definitely check out Women in Auto Care. And, and be a, if you're a female shop owner, get involved with what she's doing with that group. It's really just amazing. And I have to say, just before you sign off, yeah. that day we were in that table at that conference, two days, day and a half next to each other. Uh-oh. I remember, I, I didn't know, oh, like I'm going. not a gearhead, right? And I didn't, I didn't watch All Girls Garage back then. And they're like, you do know who she is. And I was like, I don't know. I know that she is this awesome woman with purple hair sitting next to me wearing some badass clothes that I feel is supportive and loving and encouraging. And she doesn't know me from Adam. And I appreciate you being a piece, a critical piece of my journey and my growth and my courage. So I know you do that for a lot of people. And I hope that I can continue that legacy by reaching out to the next female that is a little bit quiet and a little unsure and saying, welcome to the tribe, hon. Let's go. So I still have your picture on my office wall. I love it. Thank you for being part of my girl tribe. And I still wear my ring. I get a lot of comments on it. And uh, (laughs) so, but thank you for being a giant part, uh, whether you knew it or not, but a giant part of my journey and encouraging me from afar. And and maybe the one time you stopped in my shop and gave me the what for and said, you should do these things. And I listen, listen when somebody (laughs) tells you. I love it. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I have... One final question that I Uh-oh. always like to end on. Ranch dressing. No, I'm just kidding. Ranch dressing. <laughs> What's your what? favorite condiment? No, no ranch dressing. No, not favorite not condiment. All right. Um, final question. If you had the opportunity to go back and talk to little baby Kathleen mm. or another young girl like you were who wants to be where you're at now and is looking at you saying, I could never be that cool. I could never be that successful. What do you tell that little girl, that little baby oh Kathleen? Oh my gosh, I would show them a picture of my dorky self in middle school and be like, I assure you, you could do this if I can. Um, you know, get out of your own way um, and and stop editing yourself. That's my message this year. Stop editing myself. Explain me that. Tell me more so, about that. 
You know when you have that thought and you decide to buy that bougainvillea in green giant dress? <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to wear that in public in Vegas. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. And then I thought about it and I thought, you know what? Stop apologizing for who you are and what you're passionate about and be authentically, unapologetically yourself. And if it offends people, let them go. That has been my lesson probably over the last two years. And if I could go back and teach myself that at 10, 11, 12 years old, oh my gosh, can you imagine the powerhouse? Right. The world would literally be on fire. I may teach my children that too, right? So I, I have chills. I absolutely love that. That is phenomenal, phenomenal advice. And you are rocking Thank you. this dress, by I the way. I love it. Fire. I almost cried when I bought it. I was like, no tears on the dress. I love it. Unapologetically authentic. Stop yep. apologizing for yourself. That is beautiful words of advice. Thank you. Thank you Thank so you. very much for sitting down with me and sharing your story with everybody. I know that you guys will find this as inspiring as I did. Amazing woman, doing amazing things. Oh my God, I love you so much. This You're was, amazing. This was wonderful. I so appreciate you. We're hanging out more. We're talking more after this, but we be respectful of all of your guys' time and let you go for the rest of the evening. Again, big thank you to our sponsors, Apex, where we're hanging out today, and yeah. ASE for all that they do behind the scenes, support the automotive industry, and make it a better place every day, continuing to grow all the time. I uh, appreciate them, and I appreciate their support of women in the trades by supporting this podcast. I appreciate you guys for coming and hanging out with us every week. Remember, every Wednesday, we are live with a new amazing tradeswoman for you to meet. Every Monday, we release an archive episode, and you can always find us anywhere you get your podcast, anytime you want. If you like the series, make sure you hit like, hit subscribe, spread the word. The more engagement we get, the more people hear about these incredibly amazing women that we feature every week. And until next time, be good to yourselves, be good to one another. We'll see you later.